This recording is for the series Shnayim Mikra, and it's for Parshas Emor. This is Rabbi Tzvi Hirsch Weinreb. I've been privileged to have been assigned the Parsha of Emor. And I begin today with the first Parsha, beginning at the beginning and continuing until Sheni. Here in this week's Parsha, the Torah directs its attention to what is literally the Torah's Kohanim, the laws which have to do with that tribe within the Jewish people, the descendants of Aaron HaKohen, the Kohanim. And the Torah gives us, in Tilsheni alone, two uh, sub-parshios, one dealing with the mitzvos which apply to every single Kohen, and then it continues with a sub-parsha which discusses the Kohen HaGadol, the great Kohen, the chief Kohen. The Torah begins and says, Fayomer Hashem el Moshe, emor el hakohanim b'nei Aharon. God said to Moshe to speak to the Kohanim, the sons of Aharon, v'yomarto alehem, and you say to them, said God to Moshe, l'nefesh lo yitamo bi'amov. Let none of them ever defile himself by coming into contact with a dead body. This very first verse contains within it several uh, nuances, several special phrasings which bear, uh, which deserve our special attention, and uh, of course, which Rashi and the other Mefarshim and Chazal do for us. First of all, the Mefarshim, Rashi, um, chief among them, ref- have difficulty with the repetitive phrase. Emor, speak to the Kohanim, Viomarto, and say to them. The Rashi understands this to mean, again following Chazal, that the Kohanim are being told to be careful not only about their own uh, following the laws of being a Kohen, but they are to ensure that their children, minor children, also keep these halachos. So emor v'yomarta, the double lashon is lahazhir hagedolim al haketanim to warn the adults about the conduct of the children of their minors, and they are to be told who is to be told kohanim b'nei aharon. Rashi says that double lashon kohanim b'nei aharon teaches us that. The, these laws apply to a Kohen who is the descendant of Aharon. But if that person is a descendant of an illegitimate marriage, a Kohen marrying a, a woman he's not allowed to marry, say a divorced woman, then that child is, um, Posel the Kohuna, that child is Posel la Avoda, cannot worship in the Beis Hamikdash, cannot offer the Karbonos, but is not allowed to come into contact with uh, a dead body. And B'nai Aharon, um, 
includes, of course, Chalolim. Bnei Aaron would include Chalolim. However, when the Apostle says Kohanim, it means only a pure Kohen. I might think that, therefore, a Kohen who is a Baal Mum, a Kohen who is, uh, has some blemish or defect upon his body, I might think that such a person uh, is exempt since he can't serve in the base Amigdosh. He is exempt from these laws and he can come into contact with a dead body. So we're told no. Such a person is certainly included here. Emoral ha-kohanim b'nei aharon. So that the kohanim, the word kohanim stresses only a kohen who is kosher. A cholol is not commanded in these rules. And the word b'nei aharon comes to include that even a kohen who is a ba'al mum, who is, cannot serve as long as he is um, disfigured physically in this way, he can't serve the avoda, but he does have the commandments of not becoming tome to a dead body. And also finally, says Rashi, b'nei aharon stresses sons and not daughters. Daughters, women, Children of Kohanim are not commanded to refrain from coming into contact with a dead body. Another important point in Rashi, on the last phrase, lo yitamo ba'amov, means that when you come across a dead person who is bi'amov, who is with his people, who has other people to make sure that he gets buried properly, then you can't come into contact with a dead body. But if you encounter a dead body, which is not Ba'amov, which is along the road somewhere and there's no one there to see to it that he gets buried properly or she, properly, or she gets buried properly, then that's called a mace mitzvah, and then it's a mitzvah for the Kohen to override these laws and to bury the dead person himself. However, the Torah says, although a Kohen is not allowed to contaminate himself by coming close to in contact with a dead body, but he can come into contact with the following: Kiyim l'she'ero hakorov love to his wife, li'imo ulaviv to his mother and father, v'livno ulavito ulaochiv to his son and daughter and brother, v'la'achoso habesulo hakirovo elov asher lo hoisol ish, and to his sister as long as that sister has not been married, as long as that sister has not, is not a nisua, has not been fully married, has not lived with her husband. Once she's married, living with her husband, he can no longer defile himself by coming into contact with her body should she die. Lo yitamo, to a sister who is not yet a nisua, who is not yet fully married or not married at all, Lo yitama to her, he must become Tomei. Meaning, says Rashi, it's a mitzvah. The Kohen can't say, well, you know, I'm not going to go to my father's funeral, my sister's funeral, my brother's funeral, my son's funeral, because I'm a Kohen. No. You must. Where you may, you must. Lo yitama ba'al ba'amov lehechalo. A difficult posuk to translate. Rashi understands it to mean that a Kohen cannot, is here enjoined, is here warned not to 
be married to a woman who is pisula, who is not proper for him. In other words, a Kohen cannot marry a divorced woman, as we would see, and he certainly cannot um, come into, the, into contact with the dead body of his wife if he was married to his wife illegitimately for a Kohen. So these are the laws of Tumas Kohanim. A Kohen cannot become Tome by coming into contact with a dead body except under certain, in certain relationships and under certain conditions. Secondly, Lo Yikruchu Korcho Birosha. A Kohen is told not to make a baldness upon his head, not to tear his hair from him, from himself. Or, nor should he shave off the corners of his beard. Nor should he make any cuttings or scratches in his body in, in his grief. Here, we have a very interesting comment which you can find in the Sforno and also in the Abarbanel. And that is, these things, tearing one's hair in response to the death of a loved one, scratching oneself and, 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 and maiming oneself in grief, that is not something that only Kohanim are prohibited to do. All Jews are prohibited to do. However, says the Ababanel and Sforno too, that here the Kohanim are being given a special warning. And they shouldn't think, well, you know, other people can go to the funeral. So they can express their grief in a, in a, at the funeral. And therefore, they can't express their grief by tearing their hair or scratching their bodies. But we can't go to the funeral. So therefore, maybe we can, we're allowed to express our grief in other ways. The Torah says, no, can't do it. Very interesting insight from the, uh, these Meforshim, Sforno, and Abarbanel, and others. But yet, let them be holy. Now notice here, it does not say, You be holy. But rather, let them be holy. So Rashi says, The Beisdin, the courts, have to make sure that these rules are enforced. They have a, a supervisory role over the Kohanim. And that supervisory role is what they are charged here. Kedoshim yihiyu leilohehem. They must be kept holy to their God. Velo yechalalu sheim elohehem. And they are not permitted to defile the name of their God. Ki esishei Hashem lechem elohehem heimakrivim v'hoyu kodesh. Because after all, these koanim are involved in the service of God. They are involved in bringing so to speak, God's bread to him, God's fiery sacrifices to him. So they are prohibited in various ways from responses to death. They cannot become tome, they cannot react with these physical expressions of grief. Now, when we turn to life, they are limited in whom they can marry. They cannot take a woman who is either a zona, a harlot, or 
a woman who is a halola, a woman who is profane. What is a woman who is a zona? What is a harlot? A harlot is defined as a woman who has had relations with a man whom, with whom she's not allowed to have relations. For example, suppose a woman committed uh, incest with her brother. So that, of course, is a prohibited relationship, a That woman forever has the halacha of a halola and cannot marry a kohen. Or if a woman is a mamzeres, a woman is the child, the daughter of an illegitimate relationship. Her mother was married to another man when her father, her biological father, impregnated her. She is a mamzeres and she uh, cannot marry a Kohen. But even if a mamzer has relationships with her, in other words, she is a kosher of Bas Yisrael, but she had relations with a man who is the product of uh, an illegitimate uh, relationship, then she remains a chalola and can never marry a Kohen. I'm sorry, she remains a zona and can never marry a Kohen. A chalola is a woman who is not who has experienced such illicit relationships, but who is the product of such an illicit relationship. A woman who was born to, for example, a Kohen married to a Grusha, that daughter of theirs is a Chalola, and no other Kohen can marry her. The Isha Grusha Meisholo Yikohu, nor can she marry a divorced woman. Kikadosh Hu Lelohov, he is sacred, and he cannot engage uh, in such marriages. V'kidashto, and one must forcibly, suppose a Kohen says, look, I'm willing to give it all up, I want to marry this woman who's a Grusha. I want to go to my father's funeral, I just give up my privilege of being a Kohen. No way. V'kidashto, Rashi says, al korcho, you must sanctify him even if it's against his will. Don't forget, he is the one who brings in the Beis Amikdash the bread of your God. Let him be holy to you. Rashi explains, what does it mean? Make sure that he gets special honors. He should be treated with special respect. He should be the first one to recite the bracha. He should get the first aliyah, etc., Uvasish Kohen. Suppose there's a daughter of a Kohen. Ki Seichel is nos. Rashi here says Seichel does not mean here to begin, but it means to profane. <coughs> Who has profaned herself and has committed harlotry, which means that she was betrothed or married. There's a dispute here in the Gemara. This betrothed, Arusa, or actually married to a man. And she strayed and was promiscuous. Such a woman, she has defiled her father. And unlike other adulterous women who are given the punishment of chenek, of death, by choking, she is given the punishment of death by shreifa, by burning. So until now we have the special halachos which apply to a, quote, ordinary Kohen. Now the Torah goes on to describe the rules for a Kohen Gadol, the chief Kohen. 
That Kohen who is greater than his brothers. What's the uh, sign that he is greater? What initiation procedure does he go through? He has been anointed with the special anointing oil. And he has donned, he has put on himself the special begodim of the Kohen Gadol, the special clothing. Such a person has extra prohibitions. And he, he is not allowed to let his hair grow wild. Rashi says he can't have more than a 30 days growth of hair. He must be careful to take a haircut at least once a month. And he is not permitted to tear his clothing, even, as we will see, as an expression of grief. He is not permitted to tear his clothing. And he is not permitted to come into contact with any dead person. Even even to his father and mother. Here, I must share with you a beautiful thought to be found in the commentary on the Torah of the Tur. The Tur is Rabbeinu Yaakov, Bal HaTurim, who was the son of the famous Rosh, Rabbeinu Asherei, Rabbeinu Osher. And he points out an interesting thing. If you look back in Tosuk Bays in our Parsha, which we studied together just moments ago, you will see that the ordinary Kohen is told that he is permitted to come into contact with the dead bodies, bodies of Imova Oviv, the Imoula Oviv, mother and father, first mother, then father. Here, the Kohen Gadol is prohibited to come into contact with the bodies of his Father and mother. So in Pesach Beis, it's mother and father. Here it's father and mother. Why should this be? The Torah explains that by an ordinary Kohen, back in Pesach Beis, we're giving the Kohen permission. You can't come into contact with dead bodies, but you can come into contact with your mother and even with your father. You can come into contact with his dead body. Why? Because the mother, we know who our mother is, 100% certainty. There were witnesses there. She gave birth to me. Who knows 100% certainty who his father is? Father is always a doubt. Maybe some other man impregnated the mother. How do you know who was the father? So therefore, one might think that the Kohen Hedjot, the ordinary Kohen, cannot become Tomei to his father. Maybe he's not a, no, he can never be 100% certain it's his father. Mother, yes, father, no. So the Torah says, mother and even father. Here, we're talking about the Kohen Gadol, who is not allowed to come into contact with the dead body of his parents. So therefore, he's told, not only can you not come into contact with your father, where there is a certain degree of uncertainty whether he is indeed your father or not, you cannot even come into contact with the dead body of your mother when you are certain that she is your mother. You came from her. Maybe people know that they saw you exit her womb. Nevertheless, a Kohen Gadol cannot become Tomei to his mother. When his father, mother dies, he is not to leave the base Hamikdash. He doesn't go to the funeral. And more so, he can continue even moments after his father, mother died. He can continue to offer korbanos. 
even when he is technically an onon, technically a person in the first stages of grief and mourning, he can still offer a korban. And he need not be concerned that thereby he is somehow profaning God's sacred offerings. Because an ordinary Kohen, when he is an Onan, when he is in the first stages of having lost his father, mother, sister, brother, cannot be Makriv, cannot offer Karbonos as an Onan. And if he does, those, those Karbonos are invalid. But a Kohen Gadol is different. He's above the death and the funeral and the mourning and grief for his close relatives. He has the crown, the, the crown of the anointment of the holy oil. When it comes to marriage, he must take a virgin woman. He cannot take a widow, nor a divorcee, nor a woman who is a chalola, again defined as the offspring of a Kohen's marriage to a woman whom that Kohen is not permitted to marry. For example, the daughter of a Kohen who's married to a divorcee, that daughter also cannot marry the Kohen Gadol, Zona, and certainly not a woman who is a harlot who is involved in a promiscuous relationship out of her marriage. As Ele lo yikach, these he cannot take. Ki in besulo me amov yikach isha, he must take a virgin woman. For lo yechalel zaro amov, let him be careful not to profane his seed, to be careful to ensure that he does not produce an offspring who is a um, invalid kohen. Ki ani Hashem mikadisho, because I. God have sanctified him. Here too, the Torah al HaTorah points out an interesting thing. In Posuk Zion, when we speak about those types of women whom a Kohen Hedjot, an ordinary Kohen, cannot marry, the sequence is first Zona, then Chalola, then Gerusha. First harlot, then um, invalid, uh, product of an invalid Kohen's marriage, and then a divorcee. By Kohen Gadol, they say there the sequence is just the opposite. It's first Almona, then Gerusha, then Chalola, then Zono. And the Torah explains that by Kohen Hedyot, they say there is what's called Lozu Afzu. Not only can he not marry a Zono, a harlot, that's for sure not, but even the Chalola, who herself was never engaged in an illicit relationship, but is simply the product of an illicit relationship, she too he cannot marry. And not only can he not marry a Zona and a Chalola, but he can even not marry a Gerusha divorcee who did no sin. That's by a Kohen Hedget. However, here, by a Kohen Gadol, we begin with the Dovorshen Ischadeshba. We begin with something which is new and applies only to the Kohen Gadol, namely Almona. A Kohen Gadol cannot marry a widow. An ordinary Kohen can so we begin with that which is the least obvious. He can't even marry a widow. And therefore we go up the scale. Not only He cannot marry a widow, and he certainly cannot marry a divorcee, and he of course for sure cannot marry a chalola who's the product of an illicit Kohen, of a Kohen's illicit relationship, and he certainly, certainly cannot marry a woman who has herself engaged in a legitimate relationship, namely the zona. So here we have now reached 
the end of the first of the seven parshios of Emor. We've concluded Rishon, and we're up to Shani. And tomorrow we will begin and look at Shani to Shalishi.